You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 513. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am the host of the Spurs Cast. Joining me for today's episode is Project Spurs' own Steven Anderson. Steven, how you doing, man? Doing well, Paul, especially after that Spurs game last night. How are you? I'm doing my, I'm doing well myself. You know, let's go ahead and, um, you know, basically the, those are our two topics, Spurs Cast listeners. Um, actually, before we get started, I want to make sure that you all follow Steven over on Twitter and social media. His, his, his handle is at the Stephen A underscore. Um, so let's go ahead and get into this uh, conversation, Stephen, mainly uh, about two topics, which is number one is obviously we're going to really uh, analyze this Spurs um, Timberwolves game just because that's the only game that's been played. So we can kind of go, go a little pretty deep into that game uh, and, and what we thought about the offense and the defense and the players and everything. And then the second topic will kind of just be still discussing the Derek White injury just because that was a topic. Uh, Mike DeLeon and myself, we did not get into last week when we had recorded uh, the, the last episode. That news came out the day the day right after that he would miss, um, you know, two to four weeks. So, um, so, so those will be our two topics. And then we'll do a little mini preview of, of the their upcoming games for the Spurs. So, Stephen, you were correct, sir. Uh, the the Spurs uh, started their new season with with a. Uh, 112-108 victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, you wrote your your excellent piece, the three standout standout players over on ProjectSpurs.com, uh, Spurs cast listeners, if you want to listen to that. Steven highlighted LaMarcus Aldridge, uh, DeMar DeRozan, and Rudy Gay as three of those impactful players for the Spurs. Um, you know, just some quick highlights. Uh, DeRozan uh, finishes with 28 points, um, four assists. Uh, LaMarcus, 21 points and 19 rebounds. And then uh, Rudy Gay, 18 points and seven rebounds. Um, you know, I've been calling them the mid three on Twitter just because they're all mid-range shooters mainly, even though they, they are they are basically the Spurs' version of the big three now. Uh, just real quick before we get before we get super in, into the, into breaking down this game, Stephen, what did you think, just your initial impressions? Well, I mean, first of all, DeMar DeRozan's debut, I mean, what a debut, 28 points in your first game as a spur. That's that's impressive, number one. But I kind of, in a, in a weird way, I kind of like uh, Jakob Portal as the, uh, as the starter because, you know, you don't think of him as a player who you know, would get a lot of minutes, but and he didn't actually, he just played seven minutes, but in those seven minutes, he was very effective, four points, four rebounds, four assists, and I mean, the guy showed he can play, so that's one person I really wanted to highlight, but he didn't, unfortunately, get a lot of minutes last night, but uh, Rudy Gay looks good in his nice Puma shoes. I, I enjoyed those. But, I mean, um, he looks good overall. He looks healthy. He looks ready to go. And, what, what I mean, LaMarcus, what is there to say about LaMarcus other than we know what he can do? And even popped it after the game. He was, he was a horse. But he didn't shoot the ball very well. And I think that has to do with, what, eight new players on the team. So once that comes in, I think the guys will uh, – you know they'll get they'll get some stuff together and they'll be better. But overall, I was impressed with their offense, not so much with their defense. Yeah, so let's go to get into this conversation now. Let's really break this game down. We're going to talk first about the offense, and then we'll go over to the defensive side of the ball. So, um, you know, I, t- I, I watched. Uh, I haven't, I'm doing my little film analysis here. Uh, I wanted to see a lot of the new plays that they're using, or or old plays too that they've implemented with all the new players. Anyway, so I, I watched the uh, half of the game so far, as far as a rewatch and really going, um, you know, real analytical with it. So some notes that I, that I took away, um, you know, offensively, some of their strengths, uh, offensive rebounding, they're continuing to, to play big most of the time with um, either, like you mentioned, Jakob Perto and LaMarcus or LaMarcus and Pau Gasol. They did do some small ball, though, with Rudy Gay at the four here and there and even some, some Dante Cunningham at times. Uh, so, so their offensive rebounding was really good. They ended up pulling down um, 
what was it? Nine, uh, let's see here. 19 offensive rebounds. Uh, he had a really good um, offensive rebounding percentage. One thing that this team was missing since Kawhi was out all of last year was somebody who could get to the free throw line. And that is where you really see the, the progress and, and the impact of DeMar DeRozan, where he uh, went to the free throw line 11 times. And then uh, Aldridge complimented him with 10, with 10 free throw attempts as well. And then one thing you noted in your piece, your, your three standout players, was the three-point percentage. You know, they still took a low volume. And t- for, for today's NBA, 25 attempts is still very low in number of attempts however they made 44 percent of those outside looks um which is which is something that they that they did not do last year they didn't shoot a north of 40 percent last year and and that's something that that if you're going to be a low volume three-point shooting team you have to be a really um you know efficient team from the three-point line and they were that with guys like bellinelli Bryn forbes uh rudy gay made a three uh, i see here uh, patty mills and also davis bertans hit three of four so uh just just discussing their strengths um would you agree with those three areas? Was there anything else different that you that you saw? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said in the in the, pe- in the piece, uh, defensively, I'm sorry, not defensively, offensively, they played a lot better than what we saw last year. I mean, um, I even noted in the piece, I believe, or on Twitter, that Pop even called the Spurs last season one of the worst shooting teams he's ever had. So going off of that, you, you can't get much worse than that in, in pop size. So, I mean, they did better on that end of the ball offensively. I mean, and uh, I got to hand it to, though, to Bryn Forbes. You know, you you find out you're going to be the starter after not only DeJounte Murray goes down, but then Derek White goes down. And he, to me, he was impressive. No, he didn't. He Maybe he didn't have the speed of DeJounte or the length of DeJounte, but I mean, he he can shoot the ball. I just worry, or my concern is, is he going to be worried or scared to shoot? And that's going to be my worry as we go into the season. But for right now, going off of one game, I like Bryn Forbes. I like Marco. We know what Marco can do. You know, Davis Berton showed he has confidence coming after signing a new deal to come to the, back to San Antonio. I mean, I like the offense. I'm not concerned about the offense at all, but there were times when the Spurs had an 11-point lead two separate times only to lose it, but we can talk about the defense in a second. But, I mean, I like their offense. It doesn't worry me at all. Yeah, and, you know, just now let's go ahead and talk about some individual players offensively, and you've already noted a few of them here. Um, you know, I wrote down just by their usage percentage, the reason why I call them the big three is, um, or the mid three is, DeRozan had a 29% usage percentage. They were, he was their go-to player. Uh, second was LaMarcus Aldridge, 27.4, and then Rudy Gay, 22.3. And then a guy you notated there was uh, Bryn Forbes, the 17.8 usage, and then um, Bellinelli off the bench with 17.3 usage. So all those those five players, you know, I, I did mention their usage, but, uh, you know, being, being the high on the team and that ended up translating into points here with double figures scoring all of them scored over 10 points those five players and you know that like you mentioned that was good to see from Forbes that he wasn't shy about it you know early on uh some I think it was LaMarcus set a, set a screen for him and he took a three and he missed it but that's okay he at least shot the shot he took the shot should I say in transition he took one of his mid-range jumpers that he's more comfortable with rather than attacking the rim um and then you know he ended up like you said with 10 shots for 11 points not the most efficient game but at least you saw that he was aggressive uh you mentioned Bellinelli there um Davis Bertans definitely stepped up in the fourth pop mentioned how he put a lot of trust in him some of the issues I saw on uh, on on offense, though, um, just some minor ones, were the turnovers, and it was mainly in that second quarter. They had seven turnovers. Again, that's a lot of it. Could be that it's a brand new team, new chemistry. A lot of guys playing max minutes that they didn't usually play. 
Uh, one impact of losing DeJounte Murray you see on the offensive end is a really slow pace. They Only um, only 9.6% of their plays came in transition, which is really like, almost like bottom of the league. And then also their free throws. Now, it's obviously just one game, but they did leave eight points at the free throw line. Uh, would you agree with that there was some issues there on the offense, or what did you see um, as some of their, their, their weaknesses? Yeah, I mean, definitely the turnovers. Um, and you talk about chemistry, Paul. On the offensive end, uh, even though De- De- DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge were the top two leaders in scoring for the Spurs, you did notice a little bit offensively that when, uh, you know, DeMar whenever I, uh, did a pass through the through the legs of there, and LaMarcus caught it and he made the shot, but you could tell he wasn't expecting the pass. And then uh, vice versa, where LaMarcus would throw the ball to DeMar, and you could tell DeMar wasn't expecting it. And obviously these two have never played together before, so that's going to take some time for them to kind of get things going on that end, chemistry-wise. Um Talking about the speed, yeah, you're, you're right. That's that's another thing that will worry me. Worry me, uh, depending on who uh, the Spurs will face, uh, because the Spurs obviously they have the Lakers coming up, they have Portland coming up, they have Indiana. So uh, teams that will probably be faster in pace um, than than uh, they were last night. But uh, and so that's one other thing I would I would highlight. And one minor thing would be. Uh, uh, Paul Gasol and I, I, I love Paul Gasol. He came off the bench last night. Uh, he was very effective in his time on the bench. Um, I, one thing I will say though, it seems to me the offense slowed down when he was on the floor a little bit at times, but it, it did pick up defensively. So I, I see why Pop made the switch when he did. Yeah, and that, that was something to watch too. Like, like you, you're right. Like you look at the numbers, and Powell was pretty effective: five point seven rebounds and six um, assists in twenty two minutes, but. You know he was a minus two and on the floor, so that again tells you that he was part of their, their the, the issues in terms of them the, the the scoring not being as efficient and also on the defensive end there was some there was some lapses which led to him only playing twenty two minutes as you can see uh, based on the box score. The last thing I would notate about the offense before we go on to the defense um, is uh, just man you just watch Demar is something he's just a player that the Spurs haven't had uh, with his offensive skill set. Not only is this as a scorer, you know he can basically use those pick and rolls and like that snake dribble to get his defender on his back and basically get any shot he wants most of the time, but also just the fact that his passing ability is just really incredible. You know, just the, the ball movement, even though he only got four assists on the box score, he did end up with a bunch of secondary assists. Uh, you know, he, he, he was one of those guys who, who, whether it was through pick and roll, whether it was throughout the post, he, he just kn- knows how to find players with these unique passes. And you mentioned LaMarcus, you know, missing, you know, LaMarcus did have a tough shooting night, seven to 23 from the floor, but he just wasn't expected to be that wide open. He even said after the game, like he was just, he was like almost like in shock that he was that wide open. There was like nobody within like six feet of him. So I think that if he gets used to these open shots, he's going to start converting them. And again, it was the, the, the first game of the season. Uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and, and just one, one last note on the offense. So let's just say that the season ended last night. So out of the 26 teams that played in the first two days, their offense would have been ranked fourth according to cleaningtheglass.com. So they, they had the fourth most efficient offense as of their first game of the season. So that's just, again, very small sample size. But that's just 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 lets you know how good their offense was, though. Now let's go to, um, go to the defense. And this is an issue, obviously, that, that you mentioned in your piece. Uh, you know, you just look at the score. Pop's goal is always to keep that, de- that, that, de- that opponent under 100 points, 100 points or less. And they, uh, Minnesota put 108 points on them in that first game when Towns only played in uh, – he got he basically only played uh, 22 minutes because of foul trouble. So let's, let's go through some, some notes here that I wrote down that we can go ahead and um, get into some discussion. Something you noted in your piece, uh, the point guard defense, Jeff Teague scored an efficient 27 points and four assists on just 12 shots. He went to the free throw, time, free throw line nine times. He mainly attacked Patty Mills and, and Bryn Forbes. 
And what what should worry the Spurs is that he didn't even have to ask for help. Like he didn't ask for a pick and roll or anything like that, or or like running off screens and stuff. He literally just went one on one on those guys, and he would just either try to take them to the hole. Or I remember on a possession of the first quarter, he he posted up Patty Mills. Uh, it was really in the third quarter where he became most aggressive with eleven points in that quarter. At the end of the night, Brent Forbes ended up with five thousand thirty minutes, and Patty Mills ended up with two thousand thirty minutes. Um, so so what what. What do you think about that that point guard defense? Because you know there's not a lot of options since these are the two guys until Derek White gets back. Right, and that's the that's that is one thing that concerns me. And whenever Bryn Forbes was, uh, whenever I think it was uh, Jeff McDonald that broke the story that um, Bryn Forbes would be the starter. I could be wrong, but I believe it was him. And whenever he did, the first thing that concerned me was the defense of Bryn Forbes because he's not really known for his defense. And that's one thing I would say that would be concerning to me is that defensively that would be one part of it because you're right it made it made Jeff T look like Steph Curry or or, or Russell Westbrook and that's concerning <laughs> but um, overall I, I would if it was me though you're right Paul the, the, this is what the Spurs are going to go with and and this is what they're going to have to go with because there is no Derek White right now and John Timur is out for the season so. I would say that concerning of the point guard defense is concerning because Bryn Forbes is kind of young and he's he's kind of new to, to being the starter. But, I mean, other guys are going to have to help out. Uh, if you noticed in that first quarter, uh, the Spurs packed the paint with uh, Ulrich, uh, Pirtle, and Rudy Gay. And it was very hard for Teague to penetrate the paint during that first first quarter. So I think that, that for the point guard defense, it's just going to be half the guys having to help help each other out. Yeah, you, you hit the – that's the key word there. It's the help scheme. Um, you know, San Antonio, their bigs, their wings, they need to be ready. DeMar, Rudy, like you mentioned, LaMarcus, uh, Pirtle, you know, Bellinelli, whoever's out there. Whenever that that guard initially gets past Patty or uh, Bryn, they need to be ready to help. And, and you know, and then obviously people uh, – players need to rotate on, on the other assignments that are left wide open to have, like, you know, just the most impactful defense. I will give Bryn credit to something that Pop said is that he really works hard. Like, he's actually trying out there on defense. It's not like he's just, like, you know, you know not trying – He's really working hard. He did contest a lot of Teague shots, but they went in near the rim. And again, that might just be part of just, you know, just his physical makeup is not there, even though he did put on more more muscle. So, he, you know, basically, if you look at the minutes, Patty Mills, 30 minutes, Bryn Forbes, 30 minutes, they're going to have to play a lot of minutes, regardless of the point guards, you know, just, just going off for 27 points like Teague did. And that is a worry, like you mentioned, that this is Jeff Teague. This isn't Steph Curry yet or Russell Westbrook or even Damian Lillard, who they're going to see Saturday night, which we're going to talk about pretty pretty soon here. So so that's obviously something to watch is, is the point guard defense defense um I looked also at two individual quarters so in the first quarter they played pretty good defense they held the Wolves to 23 points uh and then also in the fourth quarter they held them to 25 it was mainly that second and third quarter now in the second quarter the Wolves put up 29 points but we can we can attribute that to the turnovers on the Spurs and the Spurs had their most turnovers in a quarter with seven in that second quarter so we could say okay y'all lost the ball so you kind of you kind of brought that upon yourself that type of bad quarter the third quarter is a little bit more concerning. In that quarter, they gave up 31 points, and again, um, they only had one turnover, so you can't blame the turnovers. Minnesota scored 25 of those 31 points from both the paint and free throw line. So, and that, again, that's the quarter I mentioned with Jeff Teague. Uh, was that, that's again something to be concerned about, um, and something that you mentioned again was uh, was that Lamarcus and Jakob and Pau need to be the guys to be ready. Uh, the defensive rebounding was also sort of an issue. Minnesota um, got grabbed 34% of their offensive rebounds, uh, which is a pretty good number for them. And then also I notated that, that the Spurs did probably foul too much. They put the Wolves at the line 27, um, 27 times. 
And then their transition defense had some issues, uh, 16 fast break points for Minnesota. Did you see any other issues with, with the defense or any, or you want to expound on, on what I just mentioned there? Yeah, I'll definitely expand on, on one part, which was the fouls. Um, I don't remember if it was the fourth quarter or the third quarter, but the, the Spurs committed like, what, six fouls or five fouls in the first four minutes. And, there, and yeah, Minnesota that might have been the, the third bonus. quarter because that's when Minnesota went to the line the most. Yeah, and Minnesota was in the bonus for eight, eight minutes in the quarter. So there's that. But the other thing I want to expand <laughs> on is the paint defense. Um, you know, like I said, when I said a second ago, uh, Jakob, uh, Ulrich, and Gay clogged the paint in that first in that first quarter. And it was very difficult for guys like Jimmy Butler or Andrew Wiggins or Teague to get in the paint to score. That's why I think the Spurs built that 11-point lead the way they did. But as you said, in that third quarter, in, um, in the second and third quarter, that's where they kind of went away from that. And, and the paint was open. I mean, literally, they, they you had a field day. Just, I was having fits just watching them just leave the paint open. And in critical moments, too, Paul, you know, right before halftime would, would be an example. Uh, a minute before the third quarter ended, the paint would be open. I mean... Obviously, it's only the first game, so we really this, we can't go off of anything else. But I mean, from that first game, that would be the most concerning thing to me is the rebounding and is the paint defense because, like I said, you're going to face a team uh, on Saturday in Port in Portland uh, who plays the Lakers uh, tonight. And I mean, going off of last season from Portland, they're very aggressive going to the paint. We all know what Damian Lillard can do. I mean, we know what guys like CJ McCollum can do. So they're going to be aggressive, and the Spurs are going to have to be ready, especially those guys in the paint. Um, and then uh, free throw line percentage or free throw line wise, the Spurs are going to be more disciplined defensively. Um, losing a guy like Kawhi Leonard, two time Defensive Player of the Year, losing a guy like Danny Green, and and also losing to John T. Murray. It's not going to help your defense. So it's just going to be a matter of guys have to buckle down, help each other out, and uh, kind of work through it. I guess. Yeah, and one, you know, we're obviously you and I are, are nitpicking the, the 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 bad things that the Spurs did on defense, but we let's also compliment some of the good things that they did. You know, they really held uh, uh they, they really uh, held Andrew Wiggins pretty well. He only, he did have twenty points, but on on uh, on eighteen shots, so so he wasn't efficient at all. Jimmy Butler had to take twenty three shots for his twenty three points, and the Spurs kind of avoided keeping putting those two guys at the line very much. And then also, you know, Carl Car Anthony Towns, where he only had um he only finished the game with I think it was eight points, and again he he fell out of the game, and he was really almost like a non factor. And and the Spurs' defense on the wings, you know, DeMar, uh, Rudy Gay, Marco Bellinelli, all, all these guys need to get some credit for that and holding those players and also um, the big guys like LaMarcus and Jakob Perto for, for making Towns' night tough. Now, let's also keep in mind that the Wolves are also, like, having having their own issues. So who knows how, how much of that was also just, like, they're, they're um, off chemistry right now at the time. Right, but, but again, we do have to let, give let, some Oh, time. sorry, Paul, one more thing. Let me just touch on LaMarcus real quick. I mean, he gets a lot of crap from fans, you know, for – you know, his shooting last night. He didn't shoot. It's true. He didn't shoot the ball very well. And he admitted that himself. But defensively, to hold a guy like Carl Anthony Towns to eight points and nine rebounds and foul him out of the game, I mean, that that's impressive. And, and, and to do it the way he did it. I mean, LaMarcus was not afraid. He went, he banged bodies down low with, with Towns and he got him out of the game. And, and that's something to be said for LaMarcus. I mean, defensively, um, he's known for his offense. But he had a block last night. He 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 did well defensively. That's one thing to notice, and I think he's going to be key for the Spurs defensively as well. For sure, and you know, just 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 adding a little bit more to what you just said there is, it's not just that he fouled out Towns. I mean, literally, like they threw double and triple teams at him throughout the night because like no one could hold him in, in the post whenever he got in his comfortable position. 
so so real quick, one last note on on the defense. Um, let's just say that the, that the season did end yesterday. Uh, out of those twenty six teams that played, their defense would have ranked nineteenth. So again, that's obviously the issue to watch. I had uh, last week on the podcast. I had told Mike, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they finished between t- like tenth and twelfth, just because I do see what the the injury to Dejounte that's going to be a huge factor for their defense, even when Derek White does come back. But we'll see again uh, how they fare when when a whole season gets put together here and we get more more games to watch. Um, let's just say that the Spurs and Wolves did make all their free throws, both teams. Then the final score would have been San Antonio uh, by nine, one twenty, one eleven. So again, th- those free throws you, you do look you, if you if you were to put them in there, let's just say it was a perfect shooting night then uh, it shows that the Spurs were, were a better team by at least plus nine uh, in that game. Okay, Steven, let's move on to our second topic. And, and really, this is an old topic now uh, after the news came out, but I did want to address it on the Spurs cast because we haven't really got to dig into this. And it's the, it's the, uh, in, the latest injury to another point guard, which is, DeJount, uh, which is D- Derek White. Um, you know, after I recorded the podcast with Mike last week, uh, the Spurs announced the next day that uh, Derek White would miss, you know, potentially two to four weeks, uh, and then he'll be back. So, so my question to you, because I didn't get to really talk about this, and Mike was, uh, you know, should should they go and um, look for a veteran point guard, somebody like Jameer Nelson, uh, Jarrett Jack, Raymond Sessions, or Ty Lawson, or should they just try to hold down the four with Patty and Bryn, and you know, keep playing them sixty minutes combined, basically, uh, until Derek gets gets healthy? I think they should just hold on the four, and I say that because you know one thing with Bryn Forbes is he's a good shooter. Derek White improved a heck of a lot from a year ago, so that's one thing I would definitely say for him. Derek White has improved. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, one thing I would say if the Spurs do go after to try to get a veteran point guard, they're gonna have to waive somebody, and. Quincy Pondexter would be that guy, but he's one of your better defenders on the team. And we, we talked about the Spurs defense already, so let's not touch on that again. But, I mean, with Quincy being one of the better defenders on the team, I would say the Spurs just hold down the fort because Derek White has proven uh, himself, I think, over the summer and in summer league. So, to me, he's ready to go. It's just a matter of him getting healthy. I agree with you 100%. I think they should just try to hold down the fort. And the reason why it's not even the offensive part, it's more the defense. It's like, okay, if Derek White and – not Derek White. If Brennan and Patty are having their issues on defense, I kind of trust them them two more than one of these um, these older veteran guys like Jared Jack, Nelson, Sessions, Lawson. And plus, if if they if they didn't want to wave Pondexter, then they could use that other two way spot. But again, you know who who out there in, in the two way uh, player availability is gonna is gonna be an elite defender who's really gonna help them on that side of the floor. Who also has the the shooting ability of of, of Brennan Patty. And I just don't see that player out there. So again, I'm with you. I think they should they should really look at um just staying patient. And unless things go you know horrifically wrong with with Brennan Patty together, then I think that you know you just have to kind of live with that defense kind of getting carved up at the point guard spot and just trying to do your best to to help mask it with with those help schemes. Um, now, Stephen, the last topic, not really topic, it's just let's go ahead and uh, go through what's, what's in store for the Spurs now. Uh, their next game is going to be Saturday um, at Portland. As, as you mentioned, that we, we've got we've kind of mentioned their names. They're going to go against uh, C.J. McCollum and, and Damian Lillard. Again, uh, Dame with, with this point guard spot where, where they're not having a lot of success right now on defense with Patty and Bryn. Uh, and then on Monday, like you mentioned, they're going to play uh, Le- LeBron James and the Lakers in L.A. Uh, usually last year you and I would do like um like you know basically a prediction to see if they would win, but just because those two teams haven't played, they're going to play tonight on Thursday when you and I are speaking. Um, you know I don't want to really give any predictions because we haven't had any real data with them, and and uh, so we'll see how that turns out. Did, did you have any comments about those two teams as the Spurs get ready to see them? Just that it's it's still weird to me to hear LeBron James and the Lakers. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's going to be weird on Monday uh, watching them. So that that'll be uh you know I'm I'm really I'm really excited to see you know how that Lakers team um, has their season. You know if Portland continues to basically be pretty good in the regular season and you know not not the version of Portland that we saw in the playoffs against the Pelicans. So so we'll see how that those two games go. Again, the, the, everything's basically. Uh, brand new. It's a brand new season. It's only one game in. So I know, I know Steven and I, Spurs cast listeners kind of went really deep down into this game and really broke it down. But again, that's all that, that's the only thing that we have to talk about right now, but we'll, we'll have more topic of conversation as, as the season actually starts getting into full gear. Um, before we, we take off, I just want to make sure to, uh, to let you all know to go out to projectspurs.com. You know, the season has started, so we're starting to put forth a lot more articles and, and, and content up there. So like Steven has his three standout players that he, that he wrote about. Uh, Colin Reed, our writer, uh, wrote about uh, the Southwest Division. He previewed it. He gave him he gave a prediction for where he thinks all five teams in the Southwest Division are going to finish by record. And then also um, Nathan Kudla, one of our new writers, he wrote a piece called "What We Learned in the, in the Spurs Season Opener," and that's pretty good. Also, where you get to uh, see some video clips with Lamarcus and and and, uh, and and DeRozan, and then some of the the, the issues that that Stephen and I discussed on defense. Uh, lastly, um, please um, follow Stephen on Twitter at the Stephen A underscore. Follow us at Project Spurs, at AT League underscore NBA, at the Spurs Cast, and at Project Spurs Network. Online, visit us at ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzingTheLead.com, and ProjectSpurs.net. And lastly, if you're on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. Thank you. Have a great day. It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.